Faith Over Breakfast. I am at the Village Church, sitting across from Andy Littleton. We're in Tucson, Arizona, and Andy Littleton is the pastor of Mission Church. And you are the Eric Seepin. The pastor of the Village Church. Yep. And uh, we had an interesting conversation today. Yeah. We, we, uh, we meandered in all the right ways. This is, these are the type, if you want to know, if you care that we enjoy the most. I think we just had a great, yeah. we enjoyed our conversation. We did. Hopefully you do too. Um, well, let's see, what did we touch on? Sports. Sports and activism. Yeah, we talked about... Uh, sports in general. Sports in general. We talked about our podcast being ranked number 16 as the, uh, uh, whatever the category was. On the billboard charts. Yeah, yeah. we were... Um, yeah. And and uh, and there there were so many, I think, interesting rabbit trails. Personally, I think yes. I think we are not representing it well. There's so much that comes into yes. this from all different angles. So enjoy, and uh, and as we always say, this is us. Um, you know, quite we we both had a we had a coffee. We don't plan this. This is you getting to sit down like uh, it's like we just had you over for. We told you, hey, we're meeting at McDonald's in this case, yeah. unfortunately. And, uh, hey, we got a couple extra seats at the table. Come yeah, come sit with us. So this is us working it out, not the views of our church per se. Um, it may not even our own views. Maybe not even. We're just and, working which them if, out. Which if you get to the end, you'll you'll learn. We're just, this is us. Uh, yeah, we're, we're thinking. We're yeah. thinking things through. We want to invite you into that kind of conversation, I think. It's scary as pastors to do that because you want to have all the right info and you want people to hear you and go, now I know what to do. And uh, we're inviting you into a space that's more vulnerable than that, where we just are trying to talk it through, thinking it out. Cool. All right. Well, see you next time. All right. Hey, Andy. How are you doing? Hey, I'm all right. Um, we've it's it's interesting because on this in this case we've faith over breakfast privately yes, for a while, we did. and now we're going to do that publicly. So I think that's good. That we've, is it's good. We've said our hellos. We've checked in. Yeah. You really checked in with me this time. Yeah. Which is often what happens. I'm afraid. Uh, you check in with me sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. So I uh, was the other day Uh sometimes i get bored i put my name in quotes in google to see what's there and one of the things this is the (laughs) this is the great google your name let's google uh, your name but here's here's my justification for it okay it's kind of like journaling because all of the things that come up is obviously things that are about from my church and my youtube channel and all that kind of stuff but comments that I have made on other people's websites oh. over the years also come up. So then I'll go back and read them, and I'm like, I don't remember saying that. I don't remember writing that. Like, or, who, oh, yeah. Who was that guy? I remember being really upset and posting that. Oh, boy. <laughs> you know, or trying to articulate something. And so that's fun to just go through those memories. But I came across something uh-huh. maybe two pages in, and the title was The Top 20 Podcast." to listen to in 2020. Oh, yeah. 
so was this, this the one we saw no, before? No, this is not the one we made a big deal about. That was in 2019. Oh. This is the 2020, and it was in, I think, January is when they put it out. Wow. And so we are number 16 wow. on this not podcast. Even, not even at the bottom. We are not at the bottom. Was this the same person that no, did No, this is a different, <laughs> a different group. I posted on our Facebook page. Oh, wow. Um, and it's obviously the Christian podcast. So somebody, some people on that podcast are people like Mark Driscoll. He's a few lines ahead of us, but uh, also <laughs> with the the uh, not the Willow Creek guy, but the other one uh, in California, the other big mega church, Oak Creek. No Creek, <laughs> River Creek, Walnut Creek, Walnut. Creek. These are actually all churches. Just no, you no. Put, what, you put a tree in front of a creek. What's the guy's name? Uh, I always I forget know, his name. You know, know him. You know. I don't know any of these. The Purpose Driven Life. Okay, Rick Warren. Rick Warren. Yeah, he's Which the is saddle, number Saddleback. Number one podcast is his particular person personal podcast. You should okay. listen to that. But you know, there's one called uh, Son of a Pastor, which I've. heard heard of before okay um so that was in you know so what's, what's the origin of the the phrase son of a gun what does that mean i have no idea okay we should look that up yeah i think but that'd be really son good. son of a pastor is i a, know it might means. be a good insult yeah <laughs> maybe more than yeah <laughs> you son of a pastor you are a son of a pastor no no oh, i'm not don't say that to me oh my poor son mm, yes that's why, that's why I don't have one. Yeah. You just, just a daughter. Daughter just, of a pastor doesn't sound yeah, nearly as bad. No, not as bad. So anyway, that's exciting. You know what? Okay. We've been doing this podcast for how long? I don't know. A lot of long time. Yeah. This is our 130th episode. Stop. Really? So we have that's done it? 130 <laughs> episodes. I think that's pretty good. That's good. Um, And uh, we average anywhere from 70 to 100 listeners. Oh, thanks, friends. So thank you for listening to us all over the world. Wow. And Japan. I think that means, what that means when we say that is that somewhere from 70 to 100 people listen to one podcast, but that's not the same 70 to 100 people. Ooh, so they're so we have a bigger audience. millions. Yes, could be. I mean, I'd say at least we have potentially 6 billion people wow. who could be listening to wow. Faith Over Breakfast at any to think, time. We, to think we've come so far. We have come very far. Um, and somehow I'm getting McDonald's <laughs> for breakfast these days. You've gone downhill on that. Yeah. But your, your theory, by the way, earlier was that as our quality of podcast has risen, my quality of breakfast has declined. Yes. And I think you're right. Well, I'm, even I was telling my wife a couple days ago, I mean, it was a week ago, I'm like, oh, man, at EXO, they have <sighs> the best maple scones. Yeah, and and good food. And, well, I used to call them Gibraltars. They changed the name to Cortados, right? Or uh, yeah, people will go back and forth. But I like Gibraltar. And, uh, yeah. And to get that and that maple scone, oh, my God. <sighs> it was a good times. It was good times. The trouble is that we're podcasting, a, you know, about – two minutes from our respective homes yes and if i were to go to a place like exo it would be a become a 20 minute trip yes. to get here versus swinging by the only place in between here and there with a drive-through right which is old mcdonald's old mcdonald's so what we need is somebody every tuesday morning to commit to come here at about four thirty, start making the scones getting Ooh. the bakery ready Putting together some good coffee, listen, freshly. Listen uh, here, listen here. Some some folks have been complaining about 2020. They don't have a lot to do. 
They uh, feel like they're isolated in their homes. They don't have anything meaningful to do. Well, here's an option. Yes. Yep. Yep. Okay. You can can make breakfast here in this kitchen. Be a creative outlet for you. Uh, You could be socially distanced. Yeah. And we will eat that. We'll be happy to eat it. And then we could talk about the great food. That you cooked. That you cooked. Yeah. Whew. I think we're on to something. I think we are. Okay. Okay. Good. Uh, so so we're uh, we're ranked by somebody. Somebody there. ranked us. Thank you. And do you know why I think we get ranked? No. It's because, I mean, it's not like you and I are popular pastors in the sense of like, yeah. you don't have a book deal. You did put together a book, but it was your Look, own Look, here's deal. the deal. You made a deal There's with yourself. There's a book deal. Right. I'm doing a, another book's coming out. Oh, really? Yeah. What book is that? It's called Part-Time Pastoring. Part-Time Pastoring. Wow, you're just like so cool. And there's a deal because I, I'm writing it with a friend of mine, and he and I talked about that, and we kind of came up with a deal. So I think there's a book deal with someone. Yeah, same publisher or different publisher? Different. Cool. Who are you publishing with? Sean Banesh. Oh, good old Sean. He's old Sean. he's got his his publishing company back on. Huh? Uh, no, he. Oh, you're writing it with him? Yes. Oh, and he's got a bit of a name. Uh, yeah. He's written a few My books. name's longer than his. It's true. If you think about it. So we do have a book deal, and now I know why we're popular. You have a book deal. Congratulations. You should have a book deal. This, here's the thing. You know, why am I writing books? It's just, um, well, I wrote the one because it was meaningful to me. And then the the second one is I've had conversations with Sean about being you know bivocational and such and what church planning could look like and we decided to kind of put this together as a team and see see how that goes um but you you have more worked out deep thoughts than me let's be honest you do just listen to this podcast it's evident yeah one of us is goofing off and one of us has a lot of deep thoughts i wouldn't go that far well okay I do have some worked out thoughts, and I. So why aren't you writing books, man? Well, because Sean had and Sean asked me to a long time ago, but uh, I have a problem. Oh, I have a pretty pretty pronounced learning disability that makes writing very difficult. So it's the writing of it. What could you dictate? Um, I have attempted to do that. It is very difficult to put mm. it into book form because the editing also presents a problem for me so i hear this is what my buddy nick who just released his book yeah in town, uh, more than all the steps from new herald publishing nicholas h lang more than all the steps more than all the steps can you can you just give me a like a two minute what is this book about? i reviewed it on amazon go check it out oh uh i will i'll give you a two two minute um nick it was written, the backdrop, I would say, of it is his two walks on the Camino. Right. Mm-hmm. That's right. But it is, it's very much, a, yeah, the journey of self-discovery. He went on, um, I think, with God, with friends, with family that that he processed as he walked. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. That's good. Really cool. Um, and yeah, I just got done reading it and I enjoyed it. It was fun. It's especially fun if you know Nick and you can hear his voice in the words. That's the best. So if you, um, if you don't know Nick and you're listening to this, go listen to an odd church podcast from Mission Church. Hear Nick talk a couple times 
and then because that's all he does is a couple times on this podcast. <laughs> no, I'm saying you go a couple times. Don't just do it once. Go a couple times to the podcast, and then read the book and imagine this man right saying these things. It's great. But what he told me was that he taught he worked with a a local a guy who helps a lot of the local uh, re- folks publish, especially religious folks, and he, and. This guy was surprised that Nick actually wrote his own manuscript because I guess usually he just takes notes and interviews and and just kind of ghostwrites books for for people mostly. I, I guess that's typical. So, but I'd have to pay for that. Yeah, you, yeah, that's the thing. And I don't want to pay for that. Have somebody else pay for that. Like who? Rod. You, you, have Rod pay for it. Okay, I'll have Rod pay for it. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Or somebody, somebody at the village. Because Rod is rich. <laughs> oh, super rich. You see how tall that guy is? Yes. Gotta People be rich. pay him money all the time. <laughs> They're like, oh my gosh, here you go. Yeah. <laughs> You're so yeah. tall. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what you do, okay, just have Rod tell people to give you money, not ask. Tell. Tell people. Hey, Eric's writing a book. Give him some money. And they will. Hmm. So there village is, people who, and I know you are 98% of the listeners of this podcast. Um, just go ahead and you can Venmo, um, Jedi pastor at what is it? Juno.com. Juno. <laughs> Gmail. <laughs> Gmail.com. Just go ahead and hit and Venmo that over. Let's see. Let's go for five grand. That'll get this done. We'll get Eric's book published. If you guys go ahead and just do that or set up the GoFundMe, um, make sure to share it. On the Village's Facebook page, uh, Mission's Facebook page, and uh, Faith Over Breakfast. Whoever does it first gets, in the words of Nick Lang, uh, 10 extra holy points. And uh, there you go. The ball is rolling. So since we just are going off on the book thing, Sue and I, my wife, have talked about writing a book. She's a very good writer. Okay. Um, oh, oh but okay. I guess this is an alternative plan. That but she work. doesn't have the space to actually sit down and put it together. So what we decided to do, especially over COVID, uh, since we can't, we don't bring a lot of people in the studio. I mean, you're like a, a privileged person here in the studio. Thank you. You're in the COVID circle of sorts. Hmm. Uh, she and I have been doing a podcast on kind of on the on the model that we use to do discipleship and mm-hmm. we've been dissecting it as a way of trying to work out what we might want to say in a book okay so we've started the process cool um i i would read this book so yeah well maybe we'll get there okay okay um speaking of um getting somewhere getting somewhere <laughs> it's about time we did that no um no that's exciting i Looking forward to it. So all this was to say, we're not published, and now I've just made a, a 10-minute rabbit trail out of that. And, and, and this so, is, by the way, this is my favorite podcast, and this is what I would listen to, is two guys just, just ch- randomly chatting about their life. And this is the type that I'm always like, I don't know if we should put this out there, because why? Because <laughs> we would want to listen to this garbage. But, it, yeah, it's not the worst. You know, it reminds People me of listening to radio in the 80s. Mm. and 90s because there was no youtube but people do this on youtube they just sit around and talk and people are like oh that's cool eric we've stumbled on a segue okay this is really good so everything in me yesterday i realized um my my best friend growing up his dad would put the cubs on tv but he liked listening to the radio announcers so he'd listen to the radio while he watched tv and he'd mute the tv my dad would do that with the u of a foot or basketball yeah. right. yep 
And so I realized that we, you know, we don't have cable or anything like that. I realized, oh, right, the Cubs were on the radio. And I could just be listening now that the baseball season's back on. I like listening to sports on the radio. Right. And you can't go. I'm going to revive radio, and I have this smartphone that plays any radio station from anywhere. I'm just going to start every time the Cubs are on. I'm just going to turn it on. That's what you're a Cubs fan. I was an Oakland A's fan. Okay. Massive disappointments connected to that in my childhood. I bet. <laughs> Would watch the Cubs with my friend, moved to Chicago, went to a Cubs game, and it was magical at Wrigley. And it was, I won a prize with my ticket and autographed Billy Williams baseball. I had the best Chicago dog of my life, whether it was actually good or not. I don't know, but I loved it. And Moises Alou hit a grand slam. And when I walked away from my seat, a foul ball hit my seat, which proved I should have just stayed in my seat. But it was seriously just the best baseball game experience I've ever had. It was so good. And so I walked away and was like, the A's have no place in my heart anymore. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, and I'm, I'm going to be with my friend Sam and the Cubbies. And then Sam died. And mm. so this is like a, this is a, a, a remaining thing we would have shared, but, you know, would have been the Cubs. Mm. So, so if I, if I put time into going to a spring training game or baseball game, you know, I'm, it's, that's who I go watch. Okay. Um, so. So I was like, I'm going to listen to Cubby's games on the radio. And I can't, I, I found the station, it pre-gamed, then it cut it off. I think they're making you pay for it. I think you got to go listen on MLB dot, or you got to watch it on it. You know, they, right. I, if anybody knows the secret hack or whatever, please let me know. Cause I'd like to listen to the Cubs on the radio. But, um, anyway, the radio listening to the radio i wanted to listen to the cubs i just wanted some sports man i just i'm not like this big sports guy i just wanted a little reprieve i just wanted to listen to some the crack of the bat some people talking about things that don't matter at all and pontificating about all of the meaning of the season and what's going to happen next year all these things that don't matter right i wanted it and then you wanted to talk about sports and activism <laughs> there you go. Our segue. Wow, that is a good segue. So I told you. Uh, yeah, I, I just ran across this article, and I'll just give the title of the article so people can go look it up. But it says Magic's, not Magic Johnson, Magic's the basketball team. Johnson Isaac explains why he didn't take a knee to wear Black Lives Matter or wear Black Lives Matter shirt Friday. Hmm. So he doesn't, he's not choosing to be, to do the, the typical activism. Which wasn't typical. Are you going in and out on your headphones? Oh, I just got a little fuzz, a little, little fuzz sound. Keep going. Oh, okay. Don't worry about me. Yeah. Um, the, well, it's, am I? There we go. Oh, okay. You sound fine over here. I don't Good. Know. It's just my headphones. Um. The, the, it's this year typical right yes. like in the past we would have been going like there was like the outlier Colin Kaepernick or something we would have said or somebody would have said who's kneeling and now right. it's the majority is right. is doing this right so it's changed it's, it's changed so all of a sudden it's the novel thing is not to be kneeling but to stand now right. as opposed to before so here's what's fascinating to me I, I think it's cool 
that he gets an opportunity to say, hey, the, the gospel matters, because that's what he was arguing. So that was his... That's his thing. His that, decision. Look, geez, did, he, did he talk about how he came to this? Is, the, is it he in a gospel community, Christian community? Is there some... Like, he did indicate in the article that he had spent a long time praying about it. And, okay. And thinking about it, yeah, that he wanted it to be something that was important and it's going to mean something. And I think probably what the general gist of the article seems to say is that he seems to be saying is like, look, I, I believe Black Lives Matters. I don't think the organization itself has in mind the things that that for Black people totally, and so Uh the connection is not one that I wanted to make. And I think the gospel itself is something that is helpful and so he wanted to distance himself not so much from the slogan but from the organization and he wanted to you know create a platform in which he could share that the gospel speaks in different ways to this issue than maybe the message of black lives matter right and i think also yeah so i think there's that and then i think the other part was i i think there's this feeling that he didn't want to separate himself from everybody and like say well they're the and point fingers that but that there's that we're all his his idea that i read to you was just sort of we all have an evil and yeah. we all practice yeah. that evil and you know some of some of our evil is more visible than others um but we need to understand the grace of the gospel and, and offer that to one another and and actually have a conversation yeah how um but it's, his, a, it's an interesting piece in this. Like I, I'm, I'm for. I mean, the things he's saying. That's that's good. It's interesting how it's tied up in in a in America and the moment in which you're pledging allegiance to America. The, right. The whole, all of it. Yes. It's inter- right. Like that is the central. Like if if you were to, as James K. A. Smith speaks of the stadium as a as a liturgical space, a worship space yes. in which we worship things. What yes. do we worship in the stadium? We worship the athletes and those who are, you know, great and accomplished among us. And we, and there is a flag on the, on the ceiling of, you know, what is so great about our society that gives us this, um, this amazing athletic experience that, you know, it is, it is America. It is this, I think, I think we worship, America, consumerism, and have you know people who are iconic, yeah, in the stadium, yeah, we do. Um, that made me think of a whole other thing that I, I would that kind of fits into all of this. But before that, I was just so what also is surprising to me, and I know that we haven't. I think the basketball, the NBA, just started playing this weekend inside mm-hmm. their bubble or whatever. But the numbers are way down from what they expected, and, uh, they, and they're projected to really? be way down. I mean, I'm saying, I'm not saying really to them being down. I'm really that they expected high numbers. They I did. mean, I mean, it, I think there's a couple things. A, with the activism, part of what I was getting at with sports and what I was kind of leading into is when I go to sports, and this isn't necessarily good, but when I go to sports, I want, I want to get away from it all. Yes. I want I want a space where it's just about a game, right? And I want I want to see who wins and loses. It brings people together. You know, I've never I've never felt like when I went to the game like there there was a sense that the Republicans were over here and the Democrats. It's like no, we're Cubs fans, right? Like 
we are we're just Cubs fans, and we're we're in this space because you know we just want to see the this team that you know stunk it up for so much of our you know yeah. our lifetimes and our forefathers' lifetimes. We want to see them get another series, and and that and I don't need to worry about right the you know. Well, Any of the other stuff. So yeah. so that's, I think, part of where bringing the activism in. Now, I see the platform sports has. I understand that. I totally understand it. But I could see where I'd be like, can we just not bring that? Can we just – can we have some spaces, right? Yeah. But I'm sure people feel that way about church. Yeah. No, I think, yeah. They, I think they do. Yeah, they definitely do. So that that's an internal thing that, that happens with me. I'm like, I don't, I don't want this to be a protest moment. I, right. But then again, what is that? I mean, Jackie Robinson. Yeah. Come on. It's, you can want it all you want. You can, you can want it just to be this neutral space, but no space is neutral. Yeah. No space is neutral. And I, and I think we could talk about that, but I, I think what sports highlight for me, and, and I, I guess I would really be interested in, in a conversation about this and what you think, because th- there's a, there's some people in our church, but there's a particular man in our church that I really respect and, and love. And I've known him for 20 some odd years yeah. and he spent 20 years in the air force and, uh, and a very patriotic person. And when, um, the NFL, I mean, he's also a sports fanatic mm. and so he loves, he loves, loves, loves sports. And so he and I would go back and forth about the Patriots, especially football. Mm. He hated the Patriots. Mm. As soon as the NFL allowed, how, 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 how can you be so patriotic and hate the Patriots? I know it's it's, weird. it's a little bit of a yeah. there's an issue in there. Yeah. We got to talk about that. <laughs> we one. could have him in someday. <laughs> <We> can... <laughs> uh, but but the thing is, as soon as the NFL let players kneel, yeah, he he said, "I am never watching the NFL again." Never. This is somebody who probably spent three or four hours a Sunday when the NFL was playing, watching it, mm. to stop like that. But he would support any of those people in any other form of activism outside of the national anthem, right? Yeah, Can't right. Be. And and this is and that is a key thing. It's right. like, yeah. And for him, it has all connected to his military service. Yes. And the men that he knows that have died. Yes. And and, yep. and defending this country. Yeah. Yep. And so there's this connection there. And what's fascinating is he was able something he was an absolute fanatic about. Yeah. And, you know, loyal to his loyal to his teams. He doesn't even care about the team anymore and he cut them off. It's done. It's over. Boom. Just like that. Wow. And I was yeah. so shocked. And but I have seen that multiple times when it comes to sports. And I think part of that is at play. I think it happens with churches. I do too. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like this has been my community. I've loved these people. But the minute like if you cross this line Boom, it's over. It's over. And mm. and that's there's something about the way because it's religious, yes, and it's it is <laughs> it's it's utterly all religious. Yes, our our commitment to sports, our commitment to our country, is a religious commitment. Yes, yes, it's not. So yeah, I watched the last dance. I'm almost done with the last dance. I same. I I've just finished it, and I'm and I've had <laughs> I have last dance thoughts. I lived this. Oh, oh, I dude. lived Michael Jordan, dude. Same, I, yes. I rooted against him in every single final, and so uh, I, as I, I watched this, I had to relive it. Yes. And when I realized it's all the emotion, 
was coming back. I know. When the Suns got beat, when yeah. Utah got beat, when he beat the the Indiana Pacers in in the Western or Eastern Finals. Like I I I was angry at him. Yeah. And I was angry and I all was all that was being stirred up and I'm like, wow. And I didn't have I didn't have the Jordan hatred. He wasn't my favorite. I actually was I was really into Reggie Miller. And you so too? I would find myself being for the Bulls sometimes, and I really liked watching Jordan play, to be honest. And oh, he's fun you know, to watch, yeah, definitely good basketball. Obviously, um, but but then like I would flip on him in moments like so, like okay, I kind of wanted to see Reggie Miller take him out, and so yeah, 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 I very much live this. I mean, man, when he when he came back and played on the Wizards, I was in Chicago. I went to see one of the few games he played you know, at the United Center against the Bulls. Nice. Like, I got to go to one of those, which was really weird to I do. I bet it was. And I watched him play baseball in person, um, which was also very weird. I never saw him play in person for the Bulls. But, so yeah, that when I was watching this, it's like, this isn't just, like, interesting stuff. This is my childhood. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm re- and I'm getting, the veil is getting torn back on my childhood, right? Which I'm sure... Right. You, I'm seeing in the locker room. I'm seeing what he's really like. Right. I'm seeing what the teammates are like. Pretty interesting. I, I very interesting. Which is why that you know is an ingenious. They released it. You know they uh-huh. did this. They knew how old we are, and it's perfect. They yeah they yeah it's perfect marketing but, at its best. But what it showed yeah. me is that I was I was kind of become reintouched like with these these emotions, a very spiritual experience, mm-hmm. the worship that I had as a kid of Danny oh, Ainge yeah. and the worship I had of Charles Barkley and the worship I had of Thunder yes. Dan and, and you know, yeah. oh, Sm- Dan, uh, Dan Marley and, yeah. the, and Chris Mullins and like all these people had to face him and didn't yeah. succeed. Um, how'd you feel about the Pistons? Didn't like the Pistons. Didn't like, <laughs> nobody, <laughs> nobody likes the Pistons. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh gosh! Right, but I liked them when they were beating up the Bulls. So then you were like, <laughs> yeah, "Okay, yeah, yeah. just knock him down." <laughs> now, an interesting thing, you know, that stuck out to me in that documentary on this on this topic was when Jordan made his famous comment that Republicans buy Nikes too, or buy, you know, yeah. Um, but the, you know, the point was he he gave a large campaign donation to support a potential um, first African American was a mayor congressman i remember um and but people wanted him to be vocal and promote him and he did not uh because he now the stated you know what he said i think he he suggested was misconstrued he didn't mean to just make it all about money but he he didn't want to i think he didn't want to alienate himself as a star as an emblem from this you know, other side of the country. He he was like, I want to be their favorite basketball player. I don't want to, I don't want to alienate all of them that, you know, that that's really tough. It's, it's like, is that amazing because he didn't seclude himself or is that just utterly selfish? Right. what do you think of that? Well, I think what he, he couldn't say what is probably true. I don't have the data to back it up, but 60% of the NBA votes Republican and is conservative. But are you the, talking the, players or owners? Players. Probably owners are even more than that. Yeah, and the owners. It's mostly conservative because they're rich. 
and they understand that the concert, you know, that they're going to be taxed less. It is about yeah. it is about money. Oh sure, uh, the money and and not just for them. Yes, for all of us. Yes, it's always about money, and so and and that's kind of what you know the conservative party traditionally presents as lower taxes mm-hmm. and and more room for business. And these are men who have money to create businesses, and so they. They want to create as many businesses as they can and be as profitable as possible. Right. And so you want conservatives in office to do help you do that. That's how they think. And that's capitalism. And I'm not saying it's right, but I'm saying right. it's not popular. You're not allowed to right. say that. But here's the other thing I'm going to, I think, to be true. And this is why I think the ratings, ratings for the NFL and the NBA and baseball are going to be down. And I'm not saying this is right or wrong. I'm just saying it's the reality is that people who watch sports, are mostly conservative. Mm, yeah. Well, and there's sure a lot of them. Sports radio, most of their listeners are are conservative because conservatives listen to radio. That is a big part of like the that, genetics that. of that's been formed over the last sure. 20 25 years because that's where the message of conservatism gets out because no, let's be honest, like radio is more conservative. If you want it's bias it leans towards Hmm. The conservative, where television's bias tends to lean towards a more, a more liberal platform. That's sure. just how it seems to have evolved in huh. our culture. Uh, that that'd be an interesting thing to explore. Yeah, how, I'd how have, and why? I'd have to like you know. I mean, I know that radio is more conservative for sure. I'd have to look at sports radio and see what their demographic kind of. Uh, you know, I would assume it's probably more conservative. But you listen to the kinds of commercials that these sure. people run. They run the same ones that. The conservative radio, sports radio, right. runs the same ads, um, so that I'm assuming they're targeting the same people. We know who to ask on this. We have a we have a radio guy at our church. We could, yeah, I'll, he, bet, I'll bet he could give some insight. Yeah, um, but the uh, yeah, yeah, that's interesting. I, I, the other thing, though, I think I think the whole atmosphere, the COVID situation. Like if if somebody had asked me, do you think that the ratings are going to be super high when sports comes back with like empty seats or digital fan? I would say no. It's not the same. It's not the same to watch a game in an empty stadium. It's not the same to not hear the roar of the crowd or you know and know that you can turn off the TV because everybody's walking out or you know it's it it that's such a huge piece that we forget is that the fan participation in sports is it's not a small fraction it's a big portion of what sports are about so baseball which is dear to my heart to me is like maybe even 60 percent it like it might cross the halfway threshold about the people there yes like i want to i want to chat it up with people i want to go and get my hot dog and sit and and you know why i want to people watch yeah and it it's not just about the actual like data of the sport. It's the whole atmosphere. It's a pastime mm-hmm. with in community. Mm-hmm. And you get this sense of camaraderie with those who are going for the same team as you. And, and, and when that is gone, like I would expect the ratings to tank just because of that. And then you add in the layer of the, the activism that's permeating, you know, media and TV is now there too. And you can't even escape it it's it no longer feels like a reprieve, right? Then yeah, what what's the motivation? I feel like those are two major undercuts to the motive. I'm not saying I'm not declaring right or wrong about that. I'm just saying factually, that's just 
you know, my visceral reaction is I just want to watch a game with people and commute outside of that. That's why actually part of why I was interested in listening to the radio, the Cubs on the radio. I don't have to see the stupid empty stands. Right. If I can just listen on the radio, I can just hear the play by play. That's better than watching it. Well, and what I, I, so I have not watched any of the NBA games, but I have watched the, you know, they put the highlights to the games together and they're about 10 minutes. And what I noticed is that the announcers, they feed off of the energy oh, in the crowd, yeah. and so they're they're so they sound weird, so dead. It, yeah. It's like watching if you've ever watched the D League or, or any of the, the yeah the it's just like that. Yeah, and it's it's not it's interesting. like going to a game where there's like twenty people there. Yeah, yeah. It's just not and and you know the players kind of thrive on oh yeah you know you slam well, this is the, why why lebron was like refusing to play without fans at one point right right yeah oh it's a huge element yes yeah it, it is a big element so here's what what i think and this is here's a, this is a stat that i know for sure is true last month uh the United States saved two point five trillion dollars. The human, uh, all of us citizens, uh-huh. that's up a hundred percent from our regular savings rate. We're up to thirteen percent of our income. Good job, guys. Right. So, all I think things and so our economy is that that's actually not good for our economy. <laughs> right. It's, it's good it for is, the it's future. It's good for the future, but it's not good for now. Yeah. And I think things like sports that used to be a, a big place where we would spend our time, it doesn't seem to mean anything right. in this time. So I think a lot of our idols are starting to look tarnished. Yeah. And we can't go around and say, hey, make us feel better because now even our idols are telling us what we're doing wrong. Hmm. And and we don't. I don't go to basketball in a worship sense, in a, an illegitimate worship sense. I do not go to watch Tom Brady throw the football amazingly to tell me anything socially but doesn't matter what it is all i want to yeah. do is is have this thrill of seeing the impossible comeback happen sure sure i don't yeah. want and, and i think that when my idol starts telling me what i should think about things then i'm going to move to a new idol yeah it's it's interesting i i too i mean maybe more people feel this way than i think Let's say, I don't know, Anthony Rizzo on the Cubs. I don't really care what he thinks about politics. No. Like, I don't have any reason personally to believe he knows any more than me because he's a baseball player. Um, So, yeah, I want to see him, you know, make the amazing catch and, and you know, field the throw that was uncatchable. Mm-hmm. I want to see him hit, hit an, you know, that I, I want, I want home runs. I want, you know, the great triple. I want him sliding into second. That's right. what, that's what I'm hoping for. Right. Um, so yeah, I, and, but I felt this way for years. People were like, Oh my gosh, did you see Beyonce came out for, you know, so-and-so candidate? I'm like, so I, you know, I don't know. Why would I listen to Like I, there are people who know way more about politics and I, you know, so that's just been my bent all along is I'm like, I just don't, I don't, I mean, I don't care if they share their opinion, but I don't, I'm not looking for it per right. se. I understand they have a platform. It, it doesn't bother me if they do, I guess, but, but kind of the event itself, like baseball, or if I went to a show or something, it'd be nice if it just, 
Well, and that's the know. thing about that's, so. So let's talk about activism for a moment because yeah. what I thought was interesting is that Kaepernick, when he started, first he was sitting, then he took a knee. He was doing something that nobody else is doing. Mm-hmm. Therefore, he called attention to himself. He had a voice. Yeah, right? and that was what was powerful about it was that it wasn't right. everybody's doing it, which is what's now reversed right. with with or with what's his with name? John, uh, Johnson, Isaac or something. Yeah, on the magic. Yeah. On the magic. So I think activism is always like you're doing the opposite because when you're doing what everybody else is doing, you don't have as much a voice because people aren't going to say – I mean, they may ask you, okay, you're all kneeling. Okay, you're kneeling every time. Like, eventually that gets old and you're like, okay, that's fine. Especially when we bring these kinds of things into our jobs, right? Right. I think that that... So anyway, our idol, now this other... I mean, he's not a popular basketball player. He's not one that... like I'm sure his jersey's like, you know, 350 out of how many players. I don't know. Well, his popularity just went up. It probably did. Yeah. It probably went way up. So I, I hadn't heard of him, but I haven't heard of most players. I right. Even if I go, the sad <laughs> thing is like, you know, that's like even with a team like I like, like the Cubs, I, yeah, I don't really follow it. I like right. to go for the community and stuff. So this, this goes back to something that you and I were talking about before we went on air. And it was a quote that really made me just kind of think a little bit. And I think people should hear it. And that is that, our worldviews come into the church all the time. Mm-hmm. Like how we're going to deal with life always comes in. And yeah. and we can't – how we understand the world like is influenced by the world and its way of being and its way of understanding itself. And don't delude yourself to think that you're free from this. Right. Yeah. And even – and so when you start talking about having a gospel worldview, like one that is driven – by Christ, cross, resurrection, and restoration to right. come. Like how, like, what does that look like? I think the thing that made me think of it, just listening to the NBA player and he's offering the gospel yeah. and all that, it's like, well, okay, but what does that actually mean? Like how do I, how do I do this? Like how do, yeah. I, how do I act? I mean, this is how he's deciding to step forward right. and say, but that's very political. Right. right. In some ways it's become, he's like saying, well, you guys who are all kneeling and, and, and wearing, you know, the BLM and, and talking about Black Lives Matters and what's happening, you're doing it in a way that I can't do it. Uh-huh. So I'm at some level saying you might be doing it wrong. Sure. Oh, it, it, it is. Like if I can't participate, um, I mean, in our in our climate of, you know, everything's just true for you, it's a lot easier for people to just say, like, well, it's, you know, fine for you, not for me. But generally, that still is saying, if it's not fine for me, like, I don't really probably think it's fine for you either. Right. Yeah. Sure. Which we used to be more comfortable with. Yes. We're not so comfortable with it now. Right. And it is interesting that the tie to this is, like, this is how I'm going to respond to the American flag as a Christian. Right. That's that's an interesting layer. You know, not just like here's how I'm going to respond to a, a BLM protest or here's how I'm going. And the same is true for the, the, the Bowers. This is how I respond to the American flag. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't know if you saw this, but uh, was that, do you hear that noise? Yeah, somebody's definitely like uh, 
Oh, they're working next door. I was going to say they're they're, they're, up on, they're up on your roof uh, hammering together. Yeah. Some form of uh I don't know. They're 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 gonna cut. There's a protest shops. banner they're putting up on your building. <laughs> yeah. Well, Franklin. No, not Franklin. Uh, oh gosh. Not Franklin Graham, but the other Franklin. Son Delano of a, Roosevelt. No, son of a famous philosopher. Uh, why am I blanking his name? Benjamin Franklin. You know, he's popular in the seventies. Philosopher. Franklin. He has a. Labrie's uh, oh Francis Schaefer Francis Schaefer Schaefer's son came out with a pretty provocative statement oh okay against Donald Trump against uh kind of the whole evangelical movement and um anyway I, I was he was applying his understanding of the gospel yeah to what's happening in the world yes and his understanding of the gospel, I think, is actually pr- different than this man's, uh, Johnson Isaac's, standing up his uh-huh. understanding of the gospel, which links back to what you and I did a podcast about last week, which is how can evangelicals be so different yes. in the where they're at. Right. Which I've continued to, I continue to mill that one over. Well, it's, it's concerning me. <laughs> too because i don't know like i don't know what to do with it yeah except that historically especially if you look at the reformation yes you have these figures who disagreed with each other yeah you know and they they were on opposite sides and thought people understood the gospel wrong yeah um but they also had a grace for one another that I don't know if we have. I mean, not always. Sometimes, yeah. They, I was, uh, they also were far more comfortable with conflict. Like they were, they would they, write against each other all like, the time, vehemently. Yeah. And they, I think they viewed it as for the sake of the kingdom to disagree with each other vehemently. Where we view, like, if there's any division, it's like we're terrified. We're like, oh my gosh, you know, like we're you know. We're divided. Right. I mean, I feel that way too. But it's, but yeah, they didn't have that worry. No. Yeah. In fact, there's a, there's a story about Whitfield where one of his disciples said, well, do you think Wesley will be in heaven? (laughs) And Whitfield said, I don't know because I think Wesley will be so close to God, I won't even be able to see him. Yeah. And he would write against Wesley's theology. And they vehemently disagree. Yes. Yes. But he had a reverence for his. Right personal relationship and with that, God. And that's the tension we seem to not be able to strike is to to say like you know yes like these this person is a believer and I wholeheartedly believe it and I and then I adamantly disagree with them about this cuz I think it's destructive. Right. And I love them but it drives me insane when they say this and I'm going to publish a response. I don't know. Well, we we it's like we have to you know, somebody was, maybe you were even talking about the Piper and N.T. Wright. Yes. Stuff. Now, I don't know how they feel about each other personally. I have no idea. Um, right. But I think it's good that they've hashed out stuff over justification. That's not a bad, it's helpful no. for us to look at that. And I hope that they could sit down and, you know, I'm sure Piper would have a Sprite and N.T. Wright would have a beer, right? Right. <laughs> but... <laughs> I would hope that they could do that <laughs> and laugh about some stuff. Right? right. So, you know, if I were to, like, if you were gone, 
and I'm your friend, and your wife were here, uh-huh. and she and I began to speculate about you. Oh, man. We both have very different relationships with you. Right. So if I were to start making assertions about you that she disagreed with, she'd be like, no, 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 I have this relationship, and I have this information yeah. about Andy that you don't have. Right. But but it wouldn't actually, I don't think, change the I, the respect that we both have for you right. and the personal relationship that's separate from one another right. with you. And we could coexist, I think. Right. Even with different opinions about you. And I think that is what I would hope Christianity would be more like in the way that we engage in the public sphere. Where I could say, yeah, look, like I think some worldviews and the way you're reading scripture is not the best way, but I honor your relationship with God and I know you know Jesus. Yeah. And so I may publicly say, I don't think you're headed the right way, but you still can go do it. I'm yeah. like, it's not like, you know, you can handle whatever political, social thing you want to, but I should, we can, and we can pray and break bread together, but we're not. Well, part of this, and this also alludes back to our previous conversation, but this, uh, you know, utter devotion to there being an absolute right answer to everything and, yes. you know, a rational, we all can find the truth on this. And, Look, I'm not saying rationalism's wrong. There is, it's probably a helpful corrective to other viewpoints. Right. But, um, but sometimes, like I think we as Christians think we all need. If you haven't arrived at the this truth that I have arrived at, you are living in lies. And when two groups think that way, you know, you start doubting each other's salvation over very, you know, historically trivial things, and you start. Yeah, like breaking fellowship with each other because it's like, how do you not see this truth? There it is in the Bible. And the other person's reading the Bible and they're like, I don't, I see that differently. And I think somewhere in there, like this is the the genius of the old creeds and confessions is they they gave you something that was like this, these are the critical things. This is the, this is the critical stuff. You yeah. need You need this to be in the church. Yeah. And then outside of that, you got you got to work it out. You got to work it out. Yeah, mm. and I think I think there's something. I'm. I mean, I'm also concerned because I, I feel like we don't, we don't know when to say enough's enough. Like I can, I can take, <clears throat> you know, we can have these, eight hundred things in common, but we when we don't have the eight hundred and first, you know, like wow, can't stand each other, and it's like why not? why not go, wow, we have 800 things in common and the 801st we disagree on adamantly and we'll be in community as we hash it through. Right. That'd be, that'd be okay. That'd be better. That'd be way better. Well, I think the other thing is, I think we've become a labeling society and, and then we've, we've upped how many times we can see one another labeling each other. Yeah. So you're an alt-right person. You're a social Marxist. You're a, yes. you know, you listen to the critical race theory. You're, you know, you're just a, a litmus test. If you don't, if you're not anti-abortion and anti-feminism, then you don't belong here. Like we, we yeah. label each other. And when you label each other, you pigeonhole people and there's no freedom to just be human. And, and you miss, and process. you miss a ton of nuance that's really in every, Yes. human heart and viewpoint yeah. and the fact that people change. I mean, this is, I've talked about this on here before too, like this, I, I remember hearing this study that everybody thinks they've arrived at their viewpoint 
And they did this long-term study with people where every 10 years they checked in and found radically different views in these people. But the people still could not project forward <laughs> and believe that they would change their views again. They always were like, now I've arrived. Yeah. And then in 10 years they would go, well, you know, okay, I see this differently. And not every, all of their beliefs changed, but some, but some of them did. Mm. And we seem to be just really, yeah, we're, we're very always quite sure that we're right right now. Yeah. That's like a human thing. There was a, there's a wise woman in our church who said recently, I do not, and this is her direct quote, I do not blab my opinion everywhere because my opinion is very intimate to me hmm. and you don't actually have the privilege of knowing it unless you know me intimately hmm. and that is good. because I can't actually change it hmm. if I don't keep it to myself. Hmm. And, and what she was trying to say is if I put it everywhere, then you're going to tell me five years down the road, well, you said this last time yeah. and how can you possibly be here? And so I have no freedom to change or grow. And so I have to guard it because it's an intimate thing. It's not something, it, it's not that I should be giving away to everybody. And I thought, you know what? That's that's good things that we should be teaching our kids. Not a bad idea. Is yeah. that your opinion is, is, it's an intimate part of you. And it should be shared with people who can help you work it out and have their own and you share them back and forth. So now why are we that's a blabbing our opinions? That, that's a protest to uh, expressive individualism. I know. <laughs> Isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I. I don't know, man. Is this so, the last faith for breakfast we just had? Yeah. No. I. I think this is. I think this is the kind of conversation I want to have with yeah. people. I want to be able to say, "Here's here's where I'm at," but I may not. I'm pretty sure I've probably said things on this podcast that contradict what I've said. Sure before and in fact one view that's changed over time in me is my pacifism in the last three years how what i believe about it how i think it it, i would actually function in it has changed and will continue to change i think it's not a it's not a solidified belief right i'm working it out on air in front of everybody which you know i guess i believe everyone is intimately (laughs) (laughs) in need of this particular thing but yeah you know, I think that's that's a good thing. Well, we probably uh, one thing we know is that sometimes there's too much of a good thing. <laughs> so it's time to... Uh, yeah, you want to end this, I see. Time to wrap it up. All right. <laughs> hey, uh, thanks everybody for... If you, if you made it this far, you really do love us and care about us. And we just want to t- tell you we love you too. This is going to be our number one episode. Yeah. And uh, thanks, for, thanks for hanging out with us on uh, Faith Over Breakfast. Thank you.